Hi, I'm Caitlin, and I'll be your host for this week's episode of The Survivors, where high schoolers from Raceback Aviation and the fifth graders from White Center Heights debate about fun and interesting topics during these unusual times. After the release of our special episode, Teleportation vs. Time Travel, featuring Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, students have become more determined than ever to show off their amazing debate skills and come up with new and fun content for our listeners. In this week's episode, we'll be debating about which sport is better, basketball or football. To prepare for this debate, our students had the opportunity to interview Aaron McCaslin, a senior PR manager for the Seattle Storm women's basketball team. Through this interview, Aaron McCaslin answers the students' burning questions about basketball and her experiences being a PR manager. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so my question is, what roles do women's basketball play in showing women's talent in basketball? Oh, good question. So I think, I mean, the WNBA, for example, there are 144 players that make teams. So out of every woman in the world, only 144 get to play in the WNBA. So I think one, it's showing talent across the world. Um, at the highest level. Um, In addition, the WNBA really prides itself on um, social justice issues and the women getting behind causes. So not only their play on the court, but they're very strong off the court um, and kind of have a community together within the teams. And I don't know if you guys want me to give a little bit of an intro of who I am, um, if that would help you all. So my name is Erin McCaslin, and I am the Senior Manager of Social Responsibility for the Storm. Um, This is my seventh season with the Storm um, full-time, so I've been through a lot of different positions, um, and so I know a lot of the ins and outs. I am from the Seattle area originally and played college basketball in Chicago, so I know a lot about the college landscape as well. And wanted to get basketball has been a huge part of my life. So wanted to get in on the front office side and understand the business side of things. So my job is a lot of community events. So connected with sponsors as well as various nonprofits and other organizations. So I help put on a lot of events, basketball camps and clinics, um, all sorts of fun fundraising projects, auction support. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about my background. I do not play on the Seattle Storm. I see that chat, but I work for the front office. I wish I played on the Storm. So I will open it up to you all for other questions. What do you think is like one of the coolest moments you've had working with the Seattle Storm? Ooh, so I've won two WNBA championships. I will definitely say being a part of the championship parade afterwards, as well as the ring ceremony. So I have a championship ring um, and we'll get another one from 2020. Um, But those are two moments that really stick out. Uh, I was also, we hosted the first all-star game in Seattle in 2017. um, And that was pretty exciting. Uh, I'm very excited for the new key arena, which is Climate Pledge Arena. So that will be be a brand new stage for us to play on. I have a question. Uh, The thing I want to know the most is we know that women's basketball doesn't get nearly as much attention or appreciation or respect as men's basketball. How did the women specifically on the Seattle Storm deal with that? 
I, I think there's been this kind of expectation that they don't. And I think finally that expectation is being brought to the light that women now deserve to have this spotlight and attention. I think things that you've probably seen this year with the weight room at the NCAA tournament um, and just kind of these, the gap in, you know, equity for women and men's sports. It's now coming to the light. Um, last year, I think, was kind of an anomaly with COVID. The women got so much media coverage. Every game was streamed. And so that was huge exposure for these women's teams. And a lot of times it's a fight for broadcast coverage. And so unlike, you know, every NFL game where you could go to the NFL red zone and see everything, that's not there for the WNBA. And so... Part of this is expanding to you know, kids like you that want to support the WNBA, your families, businesses you support. We need all of those kind of revenue streams um, and mainstream attention in order for us to get that TV coverage and exposure in the media, articles written about us, you know, players used in promotional exposure as well. I don't know, some of you may have seen there's been a CarMax commercial recently with Sue Bird and Steph Curry. And so it kind of plays off of Steph Curry's buying a car. And the car salesman is like, oh, I just sold a car to a four-time champion, 11-time um, all-star. And Steph Curry's like, oh, well, I don't have that many yet. And it's he's talking about Sue Bird. So it's kind of that play on, oh, people don't realize that there's players like Sue Bird that have won four championships. Um, so it's now getting people to realize that we need that exposure. McKenna. Was it your team that like was talking about how the weight room was different than the men's, like how the women only have like the triangle of weights and how the men have this. Hey McKenna, we can't hear you, sweetheart. Can you put it in the chat? <laughs> Zoom is so fun, isn't it? It's the best. Technology. Tech is amazing. Does that well, mean we're... the way McKenna's typing her stuff in? Um, yeah, I have another question. How do you feel about those discrepancies and inequalities between women and men's basketball? Because I know you were just talking about that, but like, what are your feelings towards that? I think it's hard. Um, you know, from a revenue perspective, the men do bring in more, they have more coverage and that's hard to accept in a sense. I think there, the WNBA has made strides. Um, and so last year, a brand new um, collective bargaining agreement was addressed that pay equity gap. And so the women are making significantly more than they did previously. And there's a lot of different things that they've now, they're now, um, I believe there's like a maternity and parental uh, where they more so than in the past. Um, it's hard to kind of describe, but the women have to go play overseas for the most part to make up that extra income to survive as an NBA player would play its, his season and then would kind of just take that extra rest time, that off season where the women don't have that. They go play in Turkey, France, Spain, Australia, and then immediately come back to training camp. So they're kind of wearing their bodies down more so than the men. Um, in order to try and get to that equity where they're earning somewhat more of the same, it still isn't the same. Um, and I think that's a constant battle. There are always conversations where people make comments about, oh, well, 
you know, the women don't bring as many fans into the arena, so they shouldn't get paid as much, or the women's season is so much shorter. And I think part of the reason they put the WNBA season in the summer versus the NBA is they didn't want it to compete against each other. They wanted, you know, the women to have a chance at gaining more fans and more revenue. And so it's a hard debate and battle. And I think the WNBA is making strides at trying to even the playing level, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, So McKenna was asking in the chat about the idea that you brought up about the weight room, the women's weight room versus the men's weight room and how much media attention that got. Um, Why do you think that that was the thing that kind of shot off the media attention of the inequities between the women and men's basketball team? I think it was the first time that it was brought to light that people saw it. Things like this have gone on. Um, You talk about how the men's NCAA tournament, they go to regional spots versus the women's team play at the home arenas in the first and second rounds. So there's things like this. This was the first time that an inequity was seen publicly and addressed and people, social media has changed the game a lot. You know, word can spread a lot faster rather than you know, a photograph gets to a newspaper or now we have the speed of things. And so a simple player showing this is what we have versus this is what I know is at the men's tournament brings that to light very quick. And so the NCAA realized that things had been missed, I think, just a little too late. Um, And so, you know, that but The great part about it is it's bringing this up for discussion now, and they don't want these things to happen in the future. So it is holding people accountable for the mistakes. And now we hope to look into, you know, next year, and we better see a very different weight weight room situation. And hopefully those things will continue to expand into other areas of men's and women's sports. Men that come into practice against them. Many of them played in college. They're not just like guys off the street. They are, you know, well in tune with basketball skills and have played at a very high level. And it is a very competitive matchup. So they regularly compete against men. And I don't, I, people say, you know, the women aren't as skilled and all of that stuff. Maybe they can't dunk, you know, or jump as high and maybe speed's a factor, but they are very aggressive, fundamentally sound, and they practice their craft. I know with COVID and I don't know specific schools and a lot of this, but there were universities that had to shut down smaller programs. And a lot of them were on the women's side, like tennis teams and cross country, because it was, how does the school stay afloat? But that's not fair to those athletes that want to continue at the next level. If they are a man or woman, you know, in my opinion, women and men should have this equal opportunity at sports and access to them. Do you think the Storms could win a championship against one of the men's basketball teams? Good question. So I don't know about against an NBA team that is challenging. I will give you um, kind of a background. The women have a practice squad of so many hours. So I would not hold it against them that they couldn't beat you know, a men's team, when I played in college, um, some of the men on my school's team were practice players for the Chicago Sky. So it definitely translates and it's a very competitive game and matchup. You played basketball. What do you think makes basketball like such a great sport? 
Is there anything in particular? I love the fast pace um, and you have to be mentally smart as well as physically strong. You have to be able to read the game. So it's kind of like a book. You can't just, you know, skip a couple pages and know what happens. You have to read the game as it's going in stride. And basketball is definitely a game of runs, which means that multiple teams or either team can have a run. It's whoever can do, can have more runs than the other player or other team, sorry. Um, so the game is a very fast paced competitive. It's not, in my opinion, like soccer or football tends to be lower scoring. You know, there's a lot of break time. Basketball is a game of continuous back and forth. Um, and at the end of the day, it's whoever can score one more basket than the other team. Do you think the girls could play football also? Like if they, are they good at more than one sport or is that how they train? Yeah, so many of them have played other sports growing up. They have, many of them played soccer, or I know, for example, like Jewel Lloyd, her first love was tennis. So that footwork of being able to move on the court and the coordination to hit the ball back over the net and read where the next spot is. So kind of that multi-dimensional knowing different sports and how they translate, training your body in different ways is very helpful. When it comes to football, I think, specific positions could translate very well like a point guard is like a quarterback so sue bird you know when she she's an all-time assist leader and so when she's hitting a player in transition or a no look pass she sees where that player is going to go similar to a quarterback leading them down the field i think many skills relate in football and basketball do i know that if we put the seattle storm out against the seahawks tomorrow is that a victory? I guess we will never know. <laughs> maybe. But I, I think you have positions that translate well, but maybe not just throwing them out there in positions. Because in basketball, think about it, the same five players play offense and defense. We don't send a whole new lineup in just to be on the defensive side or the offensive side. You know, they're learning multiple schemes. So they're learning offensive plays, offensive sets where I cut, where I go off screens. Defensively, they need to be in help side, um, you know, denying their player, all of these things versus football. You have a specific position. Yes, you're still reading like basketball, but you only have to learn one side or special teams, offense, defense. So I think those things are different, making basketball more challenging because you have to think about more as you're playing. One more question. Have you ever filled in for a Storm player? Like if like they, like I remember one of the basketball players got their foot hurt. Did you ever fill in or would you ever fill in for them? So fun story I'll share with you. A couple of years ago, it was in the off season. It was not during an actual game, but um, I, actually participated in several storm player workouts. Um, so many of the team was overseas and the coach was like, Aaron, you played basketball. We need you. So I helped uh, one player, Monica Wright, who was here and played in like three on three games with her. And then magically Sue Bird came. And so when the coach was like, Aaron, you're going to guard Sue. I was like, oh boy, this is a, this will go down in the memory. But uh yeah, so I've actually gotten to guard Sue, and she's guarded me a couple of times. So that is my claim to fame. I did score on her once. Thank you. No, 
she scored on me plenty, but we'll uh, leave those out of the conversation. So that was a pretty fun time for me. I've never actually gotten to fill in in an actual storm game or storm practice like that. I did one time the team uh, missed their connecting flight and I was told to call the airport and try and get the flight stalled so the team could make it to their game. I was not successful in stopping the flight. Um, they laughed at me, but the team did make it for the game. So we had enough players overseas in the EuroLeague. So it was the finals before she was going to come back to play in the WNBA season. So it was a major bummer for us in Seattle. Unfortunately, it did take her about a year to recover. And, and Achilles is a very hard injury. Kevin Durant also had the same um, Achilles injury. But she worked super hard in her rehab and came back last year in 2020, super strong. And who out of the Storms broke their leg? I remember one of them broke their leg. I don't remember who it was, though. Broke their leg. Hmm. I don't actually know of a player that broke their leg. Was this a while ago? And knee injuries, but I can't think of a specific. Oh, are you talking about um, Brianna Stewart tore her Achilles? That might be. Okay. Yes. So Brianna Stewart tore her Achilles in the finals of her. She was the finals MVP again. And then actually just recently she competed ending to a poor start, I guess. And she was named the final four MVP. So it was a nice, like, um, so there is a FIBA world cup for basketball as well championship. And we won the gold. And we had Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, and Jewel Lloyd on the team, as well as Dan Hughes, our head coach, was on the coaching staff. And so this year, we will be sending an Olympic team um, to compete in the Olympics. And so we are hopeful that on that team, we have Brianna Stewart, Jewel Lloyd, and Sue Bird again. So we will see. And just a little background on the storm, training camp actually just started on Sunday. So Season is starting up soon. Our opening day game is on May 15th. So it is coming quickly. Has any of your like storm players like older back in the day? Sorry, I think I missed what you said first. It cut out. Have you ever like had a storm or like somebody from the storm have a family die or them die? Um, I can't think of a situation like that. Um I, I think I think McKenna's more asking like how, how long has the storm been around? I mean, are they are they an old team? Oh, um, so the storm uh, was founded in 2000, I believe that's right. It's been a while now. So we drafted. I don't know if you've heard of Lauren Jackson out of Australia, and then in 2002 we drafted Sue Bird. So Sue Bird is still playing. That's a pretty impressive career that now it's 2021. So Sue Bird is actually would be competing for her potentially fifth championship if we won this year and her fifth Olympic gold medal. So the Storm has won four championships, one in 2004, one in 2010, and then 2018 and 2020. So I have been around for two of those four championships. I wouldn't mind another one this year. Um, my question, as someone who is kind of like the PR person of Key Club, what is something that most people don't know about being a PR person? Um, what's some of the hardest parts and what are some of the more favorable, easier? Is responsible 
for coordinating media connections in the community for both business and basketball opportunities. They coordinate all of the player appearances and scheduling. So if a player is supposed to go on King 5 or Q13, they're responsible for getting all that back end set up. If a player is doing an interview for the New York Times, they are setting up those phone, um, those conference calls, and they're always kind of the main liaison between the player and that media outlet. I'll say in our instance of PR, our PR manager is responsible for helping players get to appearances. So when we're in the community, like we do a basketball clinic, it's getting that player to the community, preparing them for what event they're going to be at, how to respond if there's questions. Um, many times there's press release or press announcements. Um, if we have a new sponsor or something and some of those players will be a part of those announcements as well. I think PR doesn't always realize that they are responsible for all of like game day statistics and media releases, press releases. So there's a difference. Sometimes you just want media to come to an event. So let's say the storm renovates a park um, or a court. We may not do a full press release if we've already announced the project. But we want to do invite media out through a media release and get media um, to come and do various interviews and kind of publicize what we're doing at that part. Does that answer your question? I'm not a PR expert, so I'm probably not the greatest person, but I know enough that I work with PR. All right, guys, last last chance. Any other questions for our expert? I'm curious, what do you guys do like with this podcast? Like what, how does this kind of work? You guys meet weekly or? That's a monthly? great question. You guys want to, who wants to take we, that? Um, I can answer it. We, 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 meet, we meet weekly and then we will search up, sometimes we'll search up like, um, search up emails of famous people. Like last time we had Neil deGrasse Tyson, thanks to Ellie, we got a response. And then this week we tried to contact a bunch of like football players, but we didn't get a response. So what we basically do is we will do this in the more we're thinking about using the money that we've raised to give it to our schools to make a recording studio. And thanks to celebrities, you guys are helping us do this. Awesome. That's so yeah. cool. So McKenna was talking about the the bringing experts in. The, the the big part about our podcast, though, is is creating a debate. So we're working on our debate skills. And so we vote on uh, two things that we want to debate, uh, like football versus basketball. And then we, we think about experts. And since I had this connection with you. I thought it would be a, a wonderful to bring a wonderful opportunity to bring you in. Yeah, we're we're doing all kinds of stuff, but um, but it's been a really cool experience. And the Raceback Aviation High School students have uh, been serious mentors to the fifth graders in in terms of how to run a podcast, how to do research, how to uh, create your debate and your argument. It's been a pretty cool experience. Awesome. So will you guys debate these two topics after this? Yeah. Uh, well, we've, we actually already started, but now we get to add to it, which is amazing. Um, awesome. So I know how busy you are with everything going on in your life. So I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, Erin, for being here um, and taking the time out of your day to uh, talk to our kids. Thank you so much. Um, can you guys unmute for a sec? Say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I hope it was helpful.
It was awesome. I vote basketball the way. I still like football, but basketball. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you to Erin McCaslin for featuring in this episode as our guest and expert. We all appreciated the time and insight you provided. Moving on to the debate, we will start off with the basketball side. because basketball is safer, easier to play, and easier to access. Basketball players have less injuries related to contact because football players are more likely to get concussions due to tackling. Basketball is also more accessible because both women and men play it. Since basketball has less high contact injuries and has more diversity, basketball is the superior sport. People that play football have to even play in the snow. Top eight reasons why basketball are better than football. It's an international sport that can bring in talent from any country, like the Olympic sports. Not a high contact sport, less likely to get injured. Has leagues for both men and women. Official games are indoors so you don't have to sit outside. Shorter games, less equipment is required, faster pace, better outfits, easily accessible, all in better shape, cooler shoes, easier for little kids to play, different leagues for different levels of players. Wear helmets. Basketball players don't have helmet, so it's easier for fans to recognize and connect with them by seeing their face. Play with padding. My team's plays with little to no padding and has less injuries. Basketball is fun, easy, the games are inside, it's healthy and safer than football, and basketball is more diverse. exercising sport and if you don't like running there's also or if you don't like to be tackled there's also flag football there's a different kind of football for basketball it's literally jumping running and shooting at hoops and also if the goals are confusing to some people because and footballs are not that confusing because they either go by one threes or twos and basketball goes like sevens and I don't know but also, another reason why football is better than basketball is because protected in basketball, you're not protected. And also, football, you have grass and there's fields. But basketball, if you fall, you're going to hurt yourself because you're going to be falling on some hard, smooth, which is painful, ground. And you don't want to fall on that. But football, you're gonna be falling on grass. Basketball, you're gonna need to. A lot of basketball players do get really hurt, and football players, you are sometimes careful. Also, football, you usually, if they have long hair, it's usually under their helmets. And basketball, they don't have helmets at all. So, you, and if they ever have long hair, um, 
it's because they're lucky. But you see, oh, when football players take their helmets off, sometimes you'll see long hair flowing. But basketball players, they don't have that long hair. And um, football, there's like flag football, there's women's football, but it's not in the big football. It's like, it's the second pro football. Also, there's college football that a lot of kids do go into, and kids learn football at a very young age, and basketball, they learn when they're older because basketball actually can hurt a lot of kids, and footballs won't hurt as much because you can always, like, go and fill them up only a little bit, and yeah. Here are some reasons that we think football is better than basketball. More people can play on a football team. Football has the Super Bowl, which is very popular. There's more breaks during a football game. People with more body types are able to play football. There's more positions to make it more interesting, and there's more plays to make it more interesting. Some of the most intense rivalries in sports are in football teams, and a lot of family gatherings and friendships are focused around football. Even though football practices may seem more vigorous than basketball, the drills and practices are more unique to the individual player which benefit their performance on the field. Second, people may say football is more dangerous with more injuries, but you have padding and more safety regulations, whereas in basketball you have no padding to prevent an injury. And at times, basketball courts can also be harder to play on when falling on versus turf or grass. Lastly, football rules are more complex, and this can make it harder to learn, but once you learn the rules, it makes it arguably more interesting including with more safety regulations and penalties that go into play to protect the players in football. Here are our final six reasons why football is better than basketball. Football tests even the strongest players' mentality and physicality. Super Bowls are known worldwide and create a lot of profit. To play football, teammates will have to build strong connections with one another. Football is very eventful. Football creates rivalries against other teams, and everyone collectively dislikes a quarterback, Tom Brady. Great job to both the basketball side and the football side. Based on both sides' reasoning, it will be a tough one for this week's judge to determine the final winner. With the honor of crowning this week's winner, we welcome Andrew. Hey there! My name is Andrew Trong, and I'm an alumnus of Raysbeck Aviation High School. I was on the speech and debate team during my freshman year, and I'm also a huge sports fan. In addition, I am an intramural program coordinator, so I have a lot of experience officiating and participating in both of these sports. After listening to both cases, I'm going to have to award the dub and agree that basketball is better than football. While football may allow more people to play and is the foundation of many relationships with friends and family, basketball is safer, more accessible because it uses less equipment and is popular around the world. Great job to both sides for making persuasive arguments, especially pointing out that both sports are a great way to stay healthy and physically active. That's it for me. Thank you for the invite and keep up the great work. And there you have it, folks. This week's winner is the basketball team. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Survivors, and be sure to look out for our next episode, Sky Creatures vs. Water Creatures, before we go on hiatus. See you soon!